Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. As a church, we've been doing this journey of uh, learning how to follow Jesus. It's been a theme we started last year, and it's a theme that when you're wanting to know more about God, it's quite good to learn how to follow Him. And how that basically just means how to become more like Jesus. So it got me thinking about well, what can limit us as followers of Jesus? What uh, can affect us following him? And what I settled on is basically our heart. I couldn't get past the fact that our heart and the condition can affect all of those things because our heart is at the centre of all and who we are. In Proverbs 23, 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Which is amazing because it's saying our hearts, not just our gifts, not just our abilities or lack of, if it's me, um, not just the, uh, the amount of status we do or don't have, but it's actually the wellspring of life. And Jesus talked about the heart a lot. It's not just the vessel that pumps blood. It's biblically known as the centre of a person's being. Solomon said it was where the soul and the essence of a person collides, the inner thoughts and intent. You know, there's quite a few songs that have been written about the heart. I'll run you through a few. Some of you will show, it'll show you age whether you know them or don't. Celine Dion, my heart will go on. Don't Go Breaking My Heart by Elton John. I'll Never Break Your Heart by Backstreet Boys. And where do, my, where do Broken Hearts Go by One Direction? Does anyone know any of those songs in the room? Yeah. Now, the heart is not all about romantic, sorry. That, yeah, no, now I'm getting muttered up. The heart is not all about romantic or heartbreak songs. Instead, it is fundamental to a human and also for what it means to know God. This couldn't be better illustrated by David in the Bible's life. In 2 Samuel 11, David is so well known in the Bible. There's lots of different stories about him. But in the moment I'm referring to, he was the king of Israel. He had grown up and been handpicked by God and anointed at the stage of the journey. One evening, he wanders out of his palace and onto the balcony and he's enjoying the view. But more of the view is a woman that captures his eye. And he looks and thinks, she is very beautiful. Now, he didn't just leave it there. He sends his servant to go and find out a bit about her. You know, a bit of biblical stalking was going on. He comes back with some info from his servant who tells him that she's called Bathsheba, but she's married. Well, David was also married at the time. Um, in fact, I think he had about eight wives, so he didn't lack in that area. He sends out for her to visit, and it wasn't just for a cup of tea. In fact, without being inappropriate, they sleep together. So, not while late longer, a little while later, David gets a message back from Bathsheba, not asking for another cup of tea, but other to tell that she was actually pregnant. Now, that was probably not what he hoped for. David then organises for her husband, who's actually fighting out in battle at the moment, to come back so that he can be with his wife 
to plan to cover up this situation. But his plan didn't work, so he had to go with another plan. And that plan was to then send him back out to battle, but be right in the front line where he would be killed. Now, this is quite scandalous, right? You know, people think the Bible's boring. We only have to read that to realise there's a lot of tea in there. But God was not pleased with David's plan. So while he may have gotten away with it and he ends up marrying Bathsheba, God is not pleased. And a prophet called Nathan visits David and he comes to him and he says, there is, the Lord wants me to share this with you. There are two men. There is one man who has a lot. He has a lot of sheep. He has a lot of cattle. And that, there is also one man who is poor and he has one sheep. And that sheep he treats like a child. He, he treats like a daughter. He lets the, that child eat his food. And there's a rich traveller that comes to visit. And the rich man who has all the sheep and all the cattle makes the poor man use his sheep for the food. And David hears the story and he gets so angry and he said, this man must die. And the prophet says, David, this man is you. See, God anointed you over Israel and he gave you your master's house, your master's wives into your arms. He gave you also Israel and Judah and he would have given you more. And then goes on to list off all the calamities that will now happen to David because of his choices that you can read more in 2 Samuel, but I won't go into it today. But we jump into Psalm 51.10 and it says this, David cried out to God. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. And this chapter is about him asking God's forgiveness and making him right before God. Now I tell you this story, one, because we're in church and it's good to know some biblical stuff. But two, we may not realise it, but we need to protect our hearts more than we think. While outwardly no one would necessarily know the condition of your heart, you might be here this morning, you might feel vulnerable, you might be here feeling really hurt, really broken, very discouraged, you might be here happy, which would be amazing, you might be here really content, or you might be here really discontent, feeling really inadequate and insecure. You know, if we think about it from a health point of view with our hearts, if we went to a doctor and they told us, hey, your heart is just not in a good condition, we would take that seriously. Most people would take it seriously and go, okay, well, what do I need to do about it? Okay, I'll take the medication that the doctor recommends. I'll um, do more exercise. I'll change my diet. I'll rest more if rest is what I need. It's our health and our, body, our bodies. We seem to value that and take care of it. Well, as general, our heart stuff, which I'm trying to get you to know the value of, we don't always take care of it as well, like our general heart and a being. Because many times as Christians, we go through the motions of doing the Christian thing, like, hey, bro, how are you? So good, brother in Christ. Oh, yes. Sister in the Lord. Oh, just having such a blessed week. But under the surface, we're like, worst day ever, Trevor. You know, like it's just the worst. But we sort of fake it and we pretend we're all good. Now, we all know the person that tells you everything under the sun and you're like, okay, get it. You've had the worst week ever, but really they just spilled milk this morning and it wasn't that bad. Although that is quite annoying, must admit. My children have done that on the carpet and I don't appreciate it. But anyway, let's get back to it. Proverbs 4.23 and the New Living. I'm going to repeat it. It says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Okay, so we're getting it. We need to guard our heart. 
I noticed there it didn't say somebody else will guard your heart. It doesn't say God will guide your heart. It doesn't say your neighbour will guide your heart. It doesn't say your nail lady, which, oh my gosh, my nail is terrible. Don't look. She won't guard your heart. Your wife, your husband, your siblings, your personal trainer, or your pastor will guard your heart. No, it says you need to guard your heart. You're in charge of guarding your heart. It's pretty much a full-time job, right? Because we don't know on any given day what's going to come up. You don't know what somebody might say that might hurt you, that might disappoint you, that might let you down. I'm so sorry. Um, well, it's already, she's out, she's done. Um, no, she's, there's a special zone for parents who need to go out for their children. I just want to encourage you. I haven't bought her that much just yet, no promise. Um, but you know that person down the motorway? Oh, gosh, I've experienced this so many times. You're, I'm, I'm late, like running late for work. When I say running late, I've only factored in four minutes and it's a five-minute drive. And then how dare the person in front of me go 70K in a 100K zone. So I'm being Christian from behind, but inside some unchristian thoughts are coming out. Like seriously, go the speed limit. So then, you know, you're overtaken, you're ready to give them the death stare, like what are you doing? Or pull a significant hand gesture, which you should never do. And you're looking like, oh my gosh, hey, it's Paul Fox from church. Oh, so good to see you. I was just trying to get your attention. I was, oh, bless you, brother. You know, like, and then you're like, oh, phew, thank goodness I didn't do that. Um, but, you know, the person who leaves the toilet roll, not the full roll, the empty roll on the toilet, the person who took your charger and didn't return it, and you're like, honestly, give me strength. The person at work who makes that sarcastic comment, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, you're late again. You're like, thanks, Dave, you don't need to remind me. Um, <laughs> no, just jokes, just jokes. Um, but you know what? Like, so my heart could have been fine, at 8.50, before I got on the motorway, but by nine, I'm done. I'm ready to finish the day. My heart is damaged. I'm wanting to swear. You know you know what I mean. But we have this one heart, the, the one filter of our life, our decisions, our relationships, our friendships, our work life, our ministries, and our families out of that one heart. So let me tell you why you need to guard your heart. One. Because your heart is extremely valuable. We don't guard worthless things. You know, my rubbish day is Tuesday. I am filling that thing with as much rubbish as I can. I love getting rid of stuff. I just think, does that child need that toy they got last week? No, they don't. Get it out. If it doubt, throw it out. That's my motto. Um, you know, and I'm filling it as much as I can because also I love a good budget. So I think, great, I'm going to get my $4.50s worth of rubbish collection this week. I don't guard my camp plan on Tuesday and think, Oh, I hope no one scrummages in there. I feel like saying free, take it if you want to get it, get out, you know, get in my bin if you really want. That's all good. No, I'm not guarding it. But now, oh, I've become this person about a car. You know, I was never really that bothered about cars. I love people who have nice cars. That's great for them. But I had a people mover that the kids had spilt many a crumb in. They'd spilt their, you know, the that sticky party stuff that got into the car but could never get that out. But then we graduated to a slightly nicer car. You know, it had seat heaters, which I appreciated this morning on a cold morning. Um, it could go slightly faster on the motorway when needed. Um, 
Not very often. And then, um, you know, there was a few things. It saved us from all biking to church and stuff like that. So it's good. I've upgraded. But what I've also become is a person in a car park where instead of where I once parked the closest you could possibly park to the store you wanted to go, I find the bigger parks. And I judge the person next to me's car and I think, oh, they probably don't care and they'll just flick their door into my car. You know, I've become that person and I don't really like it. But it's because I now value my car. I'm like, okay, I don't want dents in the black. It's really obvious. Um, so I, I've changed because prior to that, my car, I would pray that someone would crash into it. And I, w- <laughs> I would park it in dodgy parks and hope someone may rear-end it real good. You know, so I've changed. Why? Because it's of more value to me. So if you really capture and under the star, understood the heart is the wellspring and the value of it, what would you not allow in? What would you deal with faster? Because if it determines all of your life, then you should treat it as so. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. How good. Second point. Why protect it? Your heart is the source of everything you do. In other words, it's the source of everything else in your life because your heart overflows into your thoughts and actions. And if we don't get control of our thoughts, then eventually we will act on those thoughts, which is where David, who I've referred to before, has got himself into trouble. You see, if your heart is unhealthy... It can have an impact on everything else. It can threaten your friends. It can threaten your family, your career, and even your legacy. So that's why it's so important we protect it. The quicker you can detect a wrong heart condition and get it straightened out, the better off you will be. Let me tell you what might be some warning signs that your heart might not be healthy. You're feeling disconnected from your partner, your husband or your wife. You might be feeling constantly frustrated in your job or in life. You might be feeling discouraged. You might be feeling negative, feeling angry all the time. You might be comparing your life a lot. Maybe you're unhappy. Maybe you're finding you're more and more jealous about stuff that never used to bother you. Here's another good key. You're covering stuff up. You're hiding things or you're lying things about things. You're not content. You've started to look for stuff that will give you that dopamine fix or comfort. Maybe you've started using substances like alcohol, porn, food, more Netflix shows, more TV apps, more shows, more gaming, more gambling. Maybe you're connecting more with somebody that's not your spouse. But regularly, you're trying to escape how you feel to get that pick up. So what would I do if my heart was like this? What should we do? Things to do if this is the case, if you've recognised in any of those things, or maybe right now the Holy Spirit will be prompting you and maybe helping you recognise stuff. Well, firstly, you need to shut down any interactions that aren't healthy. If you're feeling more connected to somebody than that you should be, drop that. Maybe you're not the married one, but maybe they are. Maybe you just know it's an unhealthy connection right now. Set up things on devices that block things if you're finding your device is something that's one, taking your time, or two, making you accidentally slip into stuff that you know you don't really want to. Unfollow people. Man, I've got, as a girl, I have to unfollow people because we're in this stage of 
Instagram and social media where people think they will pretty much just put anything up and it's often barely dressed. And even as a woman, I'm like, I don't want to see that. Like, I love you, but I don't love those pictures. Unfollow them. Just don't make it something that would accidentally trickle into more than having a little search on their account. Find a way. Thanks. Find a way to be honest with who is wise and can help you if you are finding things like this tripping you up. Find healthier options or other activities to do. Read books, do puzzles. I know they all sound like you should be in a retirement village, but at least you won't make a decision that will maybe affect your future. Don't let these heart issues carry on. If it feels embarrassing and shameful, I get it. Like that is the hardest stuff to share is the stuff we feel embarrassed about. But I can promise you, you won't be alone. There are always someone else that's struggling with something. But we we feel like we have to keep face. But just find someone who's trustworthy to share the burden with and, and get some help. Don't keep putting yourself in these situations. I know you'll be drawn to them because there's this fleshy side of us that will draw us back. But Keep putting in different boundaries, different things to stop you from making that decision that you'll regret. Assess your heart and work out what is actually underneath this because underneath the fix, the thing you're going to, there's actually an issue under there. It's not necessary that you're drawn to that stuff for no reason and and work out what it is. King David looked at Bathsheba. He could have left it there, but he sent to find out about it. Her, sorry, he could have left it there. Then he sent for her to visit, knowing she was married. He could have left it there, but he didn't. He slept with her. Now, some small decisions David made became bigger decisions that then led to covering up stuff, that then led to a lot of hurt and pain that could have been avoided had he recognised it sooner. He was not protecting his heart and his legacy, and he let his guard down. Don't make a decision today. Your future you won't thank you for. We've all seen people that have been incredible in faith and done amazing things and a weakness of obviously an unguarded heart make a decision that then affects and hurts a lot of people. I love that quote though. Let's just get, did that go up on the screen? Let's just look at it one more time. Don't make a decision today. Your future you won't thank you for. You know, it's like, get it on your screensaver, have it somewhere, because it, it will just help you hold your ground and go, oh yeah, no, that, that decision today is not worth my future being directed in a different course. Third reason why you protect your heart, because your heart is under constant attack. You never know when it might happen, uh, or when you might need that first aid plan, because as part of your life, can we connect with people, right? And it's normal, it's healthy. We want to be around people. We lead people in our jobs or we work with people. Uh, we're, we're always connecting our hearts with people unless we live in a hole in, on our own somewhere. But um, I couldn't think of an example there that would be appropriate. So I'll just dig myself back out of that comment. Anyway, um, unfortunately, though, by connecting our hearts with people and being and doing life with people, they let us down. Our children, if we've got children, can let us down on a daily or on an hourly. You just never know. (laughs) Someone you mentored, uh, that you invested a lot of time and gave amazing advice, may not take that advice, and it's discouraging. They're human. It might be a friend that you've loved and and been there for 
for years and then all of a sudden they just turn their back on you and that, that hurts. A spouse that has made decisions that are affecting you and you're disappointed they've let you down. When we connect our hearts to people, that's not a bad thing, but they're human and they make decisions that aren't always great and therefore that can affect our hearts. So while it toys with our hearts, we can feel sad, we can feel frustrated, it can feel futile, like so futile for all the hours and the time you've put into them and that disappointment sets in, you can feel your heart going, oh, why did I bother? Like, what was the point? Why didn't they talk to me sooner? We had all these plans in place. All the questions, all these things, they knew better. We knew better. We've, we've probably all sat there and done something. We thought, I knew better than to do that. So beware, because our heart leads us. And if we let little thoughts fester and things fester in there, what do they do? They start growing. And if you allow sin, resentment, unforgiveness to capture your imagination, it will not be long before it masters your soul. God has preserved this story of David for us in the Bible as a warning. So let us apply this to ourselves because our hearts are going to come up against hurt. And if we lose heart, we lose a lot. The good news is God can actually bring a peace to our hearts. God can bring forgiveness for people we need to forgive in our hearts. And God is the one who can give us strength in the moments when we feel vulnerable and weak. And in 2021, I had a year where a lot of us can probably refer to some of the COVID years as not fun years. And for me, uh, as a pastor and as a parent and um, a wife, there was, there was lots that went on for me in 2021. It was hard being leaders and making sure, you know, we don't want to offend anyone and we want to do it all right. And then family, we have five kids, so there was a lot that goes on with five kids. And there, there was a lot of just hard stuff that some of our kids faced. Oh, fairly emotion. And then, um, sorry, <laughs> thinking of the washing, practical stuff. Great, I'm back. Okay, as a mum, <laughs> I just felt, that's my little quick. <laughs> okay. And then I did this thing. It was, it was silly, really, but it was, it was interesting. I did a DNA test. And I did that because years ago as a baby, I was adopted, and they were closed adoptions, and so I didn't know all my details. And the kids always wanted to know more about their DNA. And so my birth mother passed a few years just before she was getting me all the information. And so I thought, right, well, it's easy. I'll do a DNA test. It's easier to find out, like the Māori um, heritage of the kids and, and myself. And I had never been um, met my birth father, had been advised not to meet him because he was uh, quite dangerous and had quite a dangerous past. And So anyway, I didn't meet him. But anyway, my DNA test comes back and it turns out that I wasn't part Māori. <laughs> and it turns out I've been lying to people for about 27 years of what I thought I was, and um, it makes a lot of sense to why in summer, even with fake tan, I still don't look very brown. So um, that was another kind of kind of made sense moment. But what happened is, um, so I lost that birth father, but gained, you know, this new one who's Scottish and English and pretty much all of what um, Donna is, but I don't have the accent, clearly. Um, I'm not very, I don't know, that sounds Indian. I don't know what, I'm a little bit confused. I'm still working out who I am, you know. I've only known this for two years. 
So all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my gosh, can somebody like give me a return for this $129 DNA test? I don't want these results. Um, but they don't do that. So that was a shame. Um, but I just thought, whew, here we go. Another part to my testimony. I thought I had enough, but looks like I didn't. So I start processing and I could feel my heart like, oh, it's okay. But I was a little bit like, whoa, this is surreal. Like, what is going on here? Who, what? So many feelings. And um, fortunately, I have amazing support around me. And we went into this little lockdown. It was like that August one where we got another bonus week or I don't know if you'd call it a bonus. But for me, I felt like it was. And to be honest, I remember thinking, oh, thank you, God. I actually needed a week to not kind of pastor. Like, I was still working, but I didn't have to be hands-on with people and, like, sounds selfish. I'm so sorry. I wanted a week to just get my life together and, and get my emotions together and work out what was going on. But I felt like God was there for me in that moment, and I quickly had to find, okay, God, my heart feels vulnerable. My heart feels a bit sort of tender here. What am I going to do? And so for me, my go-to is prayer and, and worship, and I might have the same song, and I just repeat it, and that, that's kind of my first aid plan. And so I find that worship, when I'm vulnerable, helps me to shift how I'm feeling, but it also helps God to minister to me, and so that's kind of my first aid plan. I'm, I'm not probably going to sing it out loud too much. It'll be in the car or be in the bathroom or whatever where people can't judge my singing, but I know for me that is how I get in and pass my vulnerable moments. But God reminded me that, hey, I'm with you. I'm covering you. And he reminded me, I actually only needed him to help me in this journey. But I had to do some of the work. So your heart might be vulnerable. I had to recognise it. And then I had to do some work by protecting it. So I tell you this, it's because out of nowhere, you might be absolutely fine today. But you might need to tuck this message away for next week or for Tuesday, because our hearts can take a hit at any moment. I didn't necessarily have a first aid plan ready for that situation, but I quickly made sure I I found an emergency one, because my heart needed it. I talked with people I trusted. Graham's amazing, always helps me unpack stuff if I need to. I keep scripture in my heart, and I worship my heart out. So while we may never know when our heart might take a hit, Let's get ready to recognise it and quickly get into a recovery. So how do we do it? I'm going to keep these quick. We're coming in for a learning. One, we protect our hearts by God's Word. Keep it in you. If you don't know any good Scriptures, Google some. Like Just Google um, heart Scriptures. Like So good. And there'll be millions there. Get, get them into you. Have them on a screensaver. Have it on a little note, sticky note on your fridge, on your mirror, whatever you, works for you, whatever you find, but have them nearby. Ask God's covering each day. Chase the little issues, chase the little thoughts, chase the grudges, you know, the little annoyances. The towel was left on the ground again. It's not a motel, you know, Graham, sort it out. Um, that kind of stuff. The hurt, don't let them settle in your heart. Renew your minds daily. Like, you might have to renew your mind 12 times by 10.30 at Smoko. Keep doing it. Ask God, create in me a pure heart. God, guard my heart. For assess what you're allowing your heart. Keep aware, be alert. Keep thinking, shivers, how did that get in there? Stop wrong heart connections. 
Get help if you're not finding the first few steps are enough. Just find someone. Get along someone that you know has got wisdom. Recognise the signs of unhealthy heart. Get prayer, support, accountability. Get counselling. There is nothing wrong with counselling. My gosh, it's like one of the best things to do. We get warrant and rego for our car. We don't do things like just have a counselling session once a year where we just reassess and think, oh yeah, what's going on with my thinking? I've got a bit squiff. Is that the word or is it cooiff? Skewiff. Yeah, there we go. Um, But keep repeating all these steps until your heart is good. I want to finish today by asking you, how's your heart? Are you doing a good job of guarding it? Does it need some TLC, which if you don't know the abbreviation, tender loving care? Today I believe God is wanting to do a work in people's hearts. And in fact, even before I got up here, I really strongly felt like um, there's people here who are really struggling with just um, real comparison, which I know isn't necessarily a heart issue, but it is because out of feeling like inadequate and like you compare yourself to everyone, that you don't have enough, you're not this, your life isn't that, you're not where you want it to be, uh, that can really get into your heart. And out of that, you don't do life as well as you could. But what I felt him saying, and I don't know who that is, but um, you are enough. You are more than enough. You know, you might only be able to bring, well, it's not only, we all need this. You might be the best barista coffee maker in town, and that brings joy to everyone's heart when we get a good coffee. You might feel like you can only sew curtains, and that's all you'll ever be. But do you know what? We all need curtains. You know, there's some weird illustrations coming to mind right now, but I just want to encourage whoever you are. See, if it was me, it would be like, I can clean a chair real good with my bizzle, you know? Like, some people can't do that. It's a strength. I can get whites whiter. I mean, amen. We all want shoes nice and white and T-shirts. What I'm, the whole point of my weirdness right now is don't let comparison get into your heart and make you think who you are doesn't matter because who you are does matter and so God wants you to know you are enough you're amazing there is more to your life than what you think God's using you mightier than you think right now just keep keep turning up keep smiling keep every day allowing your heart to go God use me today because he wants you to know he can be your joy he can be your strength he is your protector he will be your guidance Whatever is trying to steal joy from you or maybe, you know, just your heart is right now, God can do a work. And I I really hope and pray right now in this moment, which we're going to have, the team are going to play a song. I'm just going to pray. But I just want all of you to be able to, you know, you would have recognised potentially God might have nudged you in your heart today and, and was like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm a bit tender there or maybe I am a bit vulnerable or... Maybe that is a work on for me. You know, even myself, I was like, oh yeah, it's easy for a heart to be good last week, but not good this week. So I just love it if like, just we're all gonna just close our eyes and just in an attitude of prayer and reflection, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I wanna pray over you guys, but if you need that prayer, like just respond in your heart this morning. And I'm just gonna declare over you guys. I'm gonna pray into this. And I really feel like God wants to do a work in all of our hearts, whether it's healing, whether it's miracles, whether it's encouragement. And so, yeah, let's just be ready. So God, I just thank You.
right now, Lord Jesus, that for every single person here that clearly has a heart, Lord Jesus, they're in the room, it's beating. God, I just pray, God, wherever they're at, that God, You meet them in this place. God, that the message today, that whatever You wanted to resonate in their heart will be resonating in their heart right now. God, I pray You will give them strength. God, I pray You will give them joy where they're not feeling it. God, I pray You will give them a a sense of worth today if that's what they're needing in their heart. God, I pray where they're feeling discouraged, they will feel encouraged right now, Lord Jesus. God, I pray where they're brokenhearted, today You will restore their hearts, You will heal their hearts, Lord Jesus. God, I pray where the ones that need peace, that You'll bring peace to them today. God, for the anxious, the worried, the, the downtrodden, beaten up feeling hearts today. God, right now, I just pray You will minister to them like they've never experienced before, that Your love will just be pouring over them. God, right now, in their seats, let them feel that warmth, that sense of hope that they haven't felt. God, for the hopeless ones, right now, just give them something to hope for. Remind them of dreams that You've probably placed there that, God, You still wanna do in their lives. And I just pray, God, right now, that most of all, that they know Your heart for them is incredible. God, you you took time to create them and love them and you still love them no matter what their past looks like. But God, what an amazing bright future you have for all in this room. So God, I just pray for that, that God, they will be reminded not of their past today, but God, of the good, great future that you have in them. Thank you, Jesus. Any regrets, any remorse, any stuff they feel like, oh, I wish I never did that today. Look, God, as they, they... put it right before you that you remind them their past is now their past. And Jesus, mighty name, thank you, God. Just while you keep in an attitude of prayer, maybe some of you are here today and you haven't actually given your heart to the Lord, but you're like, shivers, I've been coming along, I've been sort of listening and I've wondered, is this God real? Could He do something in my life? Could, could I open up my heart to Him? Maybe, I just don't know. Maybe today is your day. Maybe today you thought, yeah, actually, I, I like the sound of that. I like the sound of God giving me a strength, giving me a hope, giving me an incredible future. If that's you today, I'm going to be the only one looking around. And I'd just love to pray for you. So if you put your hand up, if you feel confident to do that. And I'm just going to look around for a little minute. And if that's you, just place your hand up and I'd love to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right. Thank you, Lord, for that hand over there. I can see that. Thank you, God. Just wait for a little minute more in case there's anyone else. All right. Awesome. Thank you, God. God, I just pray for this one who's lifted their hand, Lord Jesus. And, um, you know, guys, we're just going to pray a prayer. So we do it all as a group, so it's not uncomfortable for the person responding. And so we're going to say this together. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank You for dying on the cross to forgive my sins. Uh, Lord, today, forgive my sins. I pray today that You come into my heart and You give me all those things, joy, peace, comfort, strength, and Your love. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. God, I just thank for that person who's made a decision today. And I just pray, Lord God, your beautiful future ahead. God, that they will know your love. God, they will know the plans you have for them. And God, today will be a day they remember for many, many years to come for the goodness and your heart. 
Well, how good? You can open your eyes. You've done well. We're all awake there. How good? Good, good. It's quite nice lighting, isn't it? These guys are going to do a song and um, Dave's going to come up soon. But if you would like prayer for more specific stuff, there's like a ministry team available. And also uh, I'm happy to pray for anyone that might like prayer as well if something's come up from uh, what I've shared today. But it's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. And I think they're just talking amongst themselves. So I'll let them sing the song and um, yeah, I'll hop down and like just let God continue to move. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.